Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and my guest this week, Trey Wilson, is a freshman in his second semester at Flagler College. Um, I was fortunate enough to cross paths with Trey a couple years ago. He was uh, looking for an opportunity, debating whether or not he should take an extra year, a postgraduate year, or a gap year to you know, further develop his golf and, you know, just himself overall, his academics, uh, those types of things. And so he made the oppor- or made the decision to do that. Um, I was able to kind of help him get set up there. And uh, he did create a nice opportunity for himself at Flagler and is off to a, a nice start. Um, you know, he's played in every tournament uh, in the fall semester and they've had one in the spring uh, he's played in. And, uh, you know, Trey's a cool, quiet, calm, demeanored guy. He lets his actions speak for himself. He was recently recognized uh, by his coach for not being the number one player on the team, but just being somebody on the team that really pushes his teammates and expects more out of everybody and expects more out of himself and leads by example. Um, You know, just this past week, he was recognized by the Flagler performance team for the work that he's putting in in the weight room. So, um, definitely not a stranger to hard work. He's a super humble guy, um, which I really appreciate and respect about him. And, um, you know, just really appreciate our relationship that we've been able to grow over the past couple of years. So I think you guys are going to be able to pull a couple things away from this chat that, um, are going to help you in, you know, just navigating your junior golf journeys, whether it be stuff around leadership, uh, mentors, uh, we talk a little bit about just some different sports that Trey played and his postgraduate year, um, you know, kind of moving and changing environments and what are those transitions look like. He's moved around a lot as a young uh, man, just school-wise and, uh, you know, bouncing back and forth a little bit. So I think that, uh, like I said, you guys are really going to enjoy this. I think that you'll be able to pull some value out of it. And, you know, I'd just like to take an opportunity before we jump into the chat to thank you guys. I really appreciate you joining this podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in. Um, it means a lot to me. I get a lot of notes uh, from parents, from young players. Um, I'm really interested in engaging with you guys. So please send me emails. Please send me direct messages. Um, you know, our email address is juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Junior Golf Keys. You can find us on LinkedIn, uh, which I think is a good platform uh, just for some of you parents that are out there that are professionals, uh, putting some good content out there on LinkedIn as well. Uh, but would love it if you guys uh, jumped over, left us a review, shared some feedback with us, shared the podcast. Um, that way we can kind of continue to build this thing and grow it and get it out to some people that it's really going to help just like it has you. So thank you for tuning in. You guys sit tight. I'll be right back with Trey Wilson. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. Um, like I said, I've got a special guest this week um, and a student that I used to uh, work with at IMG Academy. Um, We've built a good relationship over the past couple of years. I got Trey Wilson on the phone. Trey, what's happening? Hey, doing well, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Like we were just kind of chatting about just uh, trying to stay warm in this chilly Florida weather, um, which 
I know that your family and my family would probably punch me in the mouth for saying that being up in Ohio. So yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing compared to what they're, they're dealing with. Yeah, these terrible days down here are the best days you could hope for in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, I appreciate you doing this with me, man. Uh, you know, we got to know each other while you did your gap year at IMG. And, um, you know, I've always thought very highly of you and uh, just kind of watching you develop and stuff like that. And, you know, with this show, I'm just trying to bring on people that I think can provide value to this audience of uh, parents and young players that are just trying to navigate their way through the junior golf world. Um, You know, whether that just be playing or, uh, you know, conduct or leadership, you know, I want to talk to you about a couple of those things today, but um, can you just kind of give the audience a little bit of context behind who you are and how you got your uh, start in golf? Yeah, so um, so my dad coaches college football, as you know. Um, yep. So we've moved around a few times, and he grew up playing golf. He's from a small town in North Carolina where the, really the only thing to do was, was the golf course or you played on, like, the football or basketball team. So he was he got into golf at an early age. And um, I always played football, basketball, baseball growing up. Golf was never even a thought. I mean, my dad took me out a couple times, but nothing ever serious. Um and then middle school and high school, I started getting injured. I had four concussions, broke a few bones, and I figured that – and this was just football and basketball at that point, and I figured maybe that was not the best path for me. And yep. so yeah, I was, this was when I was in Indiana, and golf's a spring sport there. This was my sophomore year. And I was like, I'll try out for the golf team. It's Obviously, there's a lot less contact, a lot less possible injury. Um, I made the team, just fell in love with – practicing I, I mean I love spending time just by myself with my own thoughts I could do that for hours and I was fell in love with practicing and just started taking off and um, now we're here so it's been kind of hectic yeah. but enjoyed it. yeah so I mean um, just to take that a little bit further I know that you had created an opportunity for yourself collegiately when you're in Ohio mm-hmm. um, you had a D3 school that was interested and had an opportunity for you. And that's kind of where, where I came in and we connected. Um, I still remember the first conversation I had with your dad as I was pulling into, it started, I think with, Hey, I don't want to take up much of your time. Uh, This is your dad Mm -hmm. speaking. Um, And then an hour later we hung up. Um, So it was just a great conversation. Um, You know, your, your dad's a great guy and he just wanted to try to vet out some opportunities for you to, you know, further your development. And, um, you know, I thought that there was a good opportunity for you to do that if you took an extra year and and took a gap year, um, and you did. You created a, a new opportunity for yourself that aligned with some other goals that you had, um, being at Flagler. And uh, can you just kind of talk about, you know, that process or what your thought process was? You know, you've got an opportunity already, but you know, essentially, you kind of put that to the side, right? And said, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to double down on myself and uh, see if I can create something better. So you can just kind of talk through that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, so um, it's kind of a, an interesting story. But so since I'd only played for two and a half years, like, obviously, there's not going to be much recruiting in the golf world, because there's so much focus on junior golf. So it can be kind of difficult to, um, to get your name out with such short notice. Um, but there were a few schools in Indiana, Ohio, um, that recruited me, that liked me, and I went on all the visits, and they were nice schools. I wasn't blown away by any, um, 
And then I committed to one because my best friend was going there for the golf team as well. And I was like, all right, this will be a good uh, experience. Me and him, we can practice all the time. We'll push each other to be the best we can be. And then my dad was like, and why not try IMG for a year? See if we can uh, get any schools in some warmer areas to recruit you. And I did IMG and I was like, yes, please. And yep. the facilities and just how much better I could potentially be. And and then once being at IMG, the, the help I got with recruiting was really well, like was really good, high end. Um, and I was able to just get my name out to a lot more places like, there were schools from all over the the country pretty much after that that had heard about me and were interested in me. And um, thankfully I was able to find one that I really liked that I really wanted to go to and was in a warm area here in Florida. So, yeah. Um, and you jumped right in and you're, you know, you started playing right away. Um, you know, you're in your freshman year now, and I think you played in all the tournaments in the, in the fall. That is that is right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, so what did, what did, cause I think there's a lot of people out there that are kind of struggling with, you know, I talk a lot, I've had some college coaches on here. I've had some other players on here. We've talked about the recruiting process. Um, I don't want to really dive into the recruiting process cause I've already done that with some other folks. I want to hit some other topics mm-hmm. with you, but I do want to hit on quickly. Um, what did a gap year or also referred to as a post-grad year, do for you just in development personally academically golf or you know any and all of the above um i mean it did a lot um i guess mostly mentally being around so many golfers it's it was an eye-opener of man like i need i need to focus on myself take another step up because there's so many people out here and there's so few opportunities in golf like i need to make sure that i'm being the best i can possibly be um and then especially with all those people you want to be as nice as you can to everybody because you never know what could happen um, with connections or possibilities outside of the game of golf or just meeting nice people. Um, so it wasn't much of um, – there was less physical transition than there was mentally of opening my eyes of just how I need to carry myself, how I need to push myself, and, and make sure that I take advantage of all the opportunities I get. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to – kind of watch from a distance and, you know, we developed a good relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, we had some chats along the way, obviously. Um, but, you know, taking a step back and just kind of watching you from a distance, I mean, uh, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier, just liking to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something that I witnessed with you just, you know, quietly going about your business, putting the work in, um, you know, one of the things that you were recently recognized for at Flagler, uh, I can't remember exactly what they called it, um, but it was an award for January for um, it just revolved around leadership. And I'll just read what they said about you, which was, you know, Trey is always going above and beyond on everything that he does. Uh, he's not my number one, so he doesn't get much recognition, but he's always pushing his teammates to better themselves. Um, so that was uh, Santiago, uh, Kavanaugh, is that, uh, is that your yeah, coach? That's our head coach? Okay. So that's something that, you know, nice that he said about you, which, you know, I had posted something, um, you know, when that first came out that, you know, that, that doesn't just happen, mm-hmm. right. You know, that people don't just say those things because they, you know, feel like they just need to put something out there about somebody. You've obviously earned that. And that's something that I witnessed with you too, you know, just, you know, let's just talk a little bit about leadership. Um, what is leadership to you? 
Uh, leadership to me is a combination of what you do and what you say to honestly any group of people. You could be above them, below them, but it's just you being able to get a group of people to accomplish a common goal. Hmm. What, um, what does it mean to be a good leader? Um, to me, being a good leader isn't like, like there's a, the, the getting people to do something they don't want to do, but being there with them and putting in the work and making sure that you're going above and beyond everybody else, like setting the example is yeah. much more important to me. So how do you approach that yourself? Cause I know that that's something, and I want to really like dig into this with you. Cause I know that um, it is something that you're really good at, and, but you're not super vocal about it. Like it's, it's more so just by actions. And I watch that a lot with you, whether it be putting in the work in your, in your game or um, you know, one thing that I really witnessed that impressed me a lot about you and your gap year was uh, kind of wrapping your arms around some people, you know, figuratively um, where, you know, some people were more popular than others. Um, you didn't really play that game. It was more so kind of like you said earlier, just being a nice person, including people, you know, those types of things. And, you know, I'm just kind of curious, like what your thought process is around, you know, those actions and, and how you put those into action. Yeah, I think it's just, um, a unique thing of who my dad is. I've always been uh, kind of someone, maybe not the most popular, but just someone that's just, you know, people are always got an eye on you because like, especially parents and whatnot growing up, always have an eye on you. So it's just uh, learning to make sure that everybody is, is a person. There's always a story behind everybody. And the, the most important thing for me is I don't care what you look like, where you come from. It's, are you a positive person? Are you going to help? have some benefits with my life like are we gonna have some positive transactions or are you gonna be a negative person and and tear me down and I, I i can't hang out with the negative people so it's always been making sure that i find the positive people in my life and then just offer as much as i can for them and hopefully there's some return but if not it's it's just it's a great friendship at the least yeah what do you do in those situations um of negativity um I'm pretty straightforward about it. I mean, I haven't had to deal with it much, but it's just, you know, like, Hey, I, I see what you're doing. I, I really don't like it. I, I don't care about your feelings. If you're, this hurts you, like you are toxic. This is not going to work out for me. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and that's a tough thing to do, right? I mean, is that something that you just kind of, walked to the edge and jumped and, you know, just started taking that approach or is that something that you kind of develop that skill over time? Um, I mean, it's kind of something, it's just like, you, like with people, you just kind of notice little things. It's never, it's, it's almost never like they do something crazy. It's always just little things add up. And eventually for me, it's just a tipping point of like, I haven't noticed anything positive from you in a while. So it's just, I just go for it. There's no holding back. It's get them out of your life and make sure that they need to work on themselves and inform them, you know, like this is what, this is why I'm not going to be friends with you. And then yeah, hopefully they can benefit from that. Yeah. Would have been, um, so just talk to me about some of the, like the responses that you've got from that, from people on the other side. Um, most of the time it's, it's silence, you know, like 
Um, it happened um, last year, actually, and the the kid just kind of stunned. He had never been told anything like that. He just people were always too nice to say anything, and I just said it to him, and he was just shocked, and he didn't know how to respond. And so it's, I mean, it's kind of unique. It's it's interesting to see, honestly, because you're like these people think they're high and mighty, and then you just tell them how it is, and then and they they know it, and so they just stunned that. That you're even able to, to put it into words. Yeah, it's definitely a unique skill set. I mean, that's something that you know, obviously, you've really developed and become good at, and it's not easy to do. So, I mean, what does that do, in your opinion, to just like fast forward to the team environment that you're in now? Um, you know, for your coach to say something like that about you, you're obviously doing, uh, you know, a lot of really good stuff around team chemistry and culture and those types of things. On top of, you know you know, playing well and, um, you know, contributing on the golf course. But what does that do to your team chemistry and that whole environment? Uh, I mean, having come from a lot of different teams, of just especially football being large groups of people, you just have to figure out how to get things to work. It's, it's kind of easy with golf because everybody, for the most part, is positive. They're all nice. But, I mean, it's, it's hard to get them to – to really focus on the goal, especially with so many practices and on terrible weather days like yesterday. Um, but I mean, for the chemistry, it's, it's, it's another level of just no matter what, if you have a bad day, I know my teammates are there for me. I know I'm there for my teammates if they're struggling. And so it's, it's been a good, um, everybody lifts each other up. It's, it's been a great year. Yeah. I know you mentioned your dad in terms of, you know, being a leader and, and, and stuff like that. And obviously as a college football coach, um, you know, there's a big responsibility from a leadership perspective there along with him. I mean, who else has influenced you um, in regards to, you know, from a leadership or mentorship perspective? Uh, I, I can't think of anybody else, honestly. I mean, it's just been, um, I guess maybe some of the players he's coached, but it's not really them as people with stories that, he relays on to me. Um, I mean, he's great with sending me videos and uh, retweeting stuff. That's just some very high quality motivation and just how to live your life, how to go about your day and just watching him as I've grown up. I mean, like we've said about how I've been pretty nice to people, like he's a football coach and you can easily just walk around with your head high and not say anything, but he'll wave at everybody. He passes by, say hi and have conversations with anybody that wants to stop with him. So He's yeah. by far the, the biggest influence on my life. Yeah. Um, so you've moved around a lot, you know, with your dad being a coach. Um, and then obviously, you know, you picking up, going to IMG, um, you know, heading off to college. You've had a lot of, I would say, transitions mm -hmm. in your young life. Um, can you give some advice to – the, the young kids that are coming up that are getting ready to experience, whether it be, you know, mom and dad get transferred and they have to move somewhere. And, you know, how do you find new friends and how do you, you know, plug yourself in uh, whether it be athletically or, you know, just in, into some different groups and then transitions to college. Like what are some ways that people can go about dealing with some of those transitions? Cause you know, they're not easy. I, I did that when I was growing up too. Um, you know, it's, it can be tough. Yeah. I mean, this is my, fourth school in four years I went from junior year of high school knowing walking around the hallways of a pretty big high school knowing everybody all the teachers knew me to then move to Ohio for senior year 
walking around, hands in my pockets, not knowing anybody. Um, so, I mean, the only way to to get to know people, to find your group is is to, one, if there's any clubs that you're interested in, like, don't be afraid to look stupid. Just go. You're going to meet some great people. Um, go to athletic events. And then, I mean, honestly, you just have to talk to people in your classes. And it's going to be trial and error without a doubt. There's always people that won't quite line up. But if you apply yourself, it's easier said than done. But if you can apply yourself um, and get involved in other people's lives, then you'll, you'll easily find uh, a group of people. Yeah. What types of groups have you gotten involved with? Uh, honestly, this is this year. I finally found for the first time in my life, a group of 10 people that I can hang out with any, any day, just send a message to the group and somebody will be down to hang out. Before then I was yeah. just like the floater of just maybe one or two good friends, but it's just like a bunch of acquaintances or a bunch of nice people that I know and will say hi with. So, I mean, I don't have much experience in the, a click of people. But, I mean, I've, I've known many of people, and um, so. Do you, uh, are, are you involved with anything outside of golf at school right now? Um, FCA, Fellowship of Athletes. FCS. Okay, okay. Um, and what do you guys do in that group? You guys meet, you know, on a weekly basis, or is that the group you're referring to? Uh, yeah, so we, 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 um, we meet every other Thursday on campus, mm-hmm. and we – it's an interesting group because um, it's it's like we'll we'll meet, we'll have some food, and sometimes we'll bring in a guest speaker from a church around town. Um, and then in two weeks, actually, we're going to a church for a service. Um, so I mean, we've, we're doing some cool things, and all the athletes there—they just it's easy to just spill the beans and just you know what is what's your problems, what's going on, like uh, how have your how's your life been? So it's just been a, a good group of people to just really meld with. Yeah. Is, is faith something that was important to you or that you are super plugged in with before college? Uh, so my, my parents are like, we've always been pretty religious. I mean, not church every week. Um, but it's always pray as much as you can be as connected with God as you can. Um, and like the big thing that's been installed is, is when you're praying, don't, don't be so much praying for yourself, but but ask, say thank you for what you have and make sure that you're praying for other people, for them to make sure that they're, they're living their best life possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I had a Bible study this morning. Actually, I was telling you, uh, we had to push back this chat a little bit. So I was, uh, I found a good group of guys too, where, you know, you can just kind of, you know, talk to them about anything, uh, you know, put it out there, but also, you know, just kind of relate everything back to, um, you know, what the Bible says and, you know, how we can, you know, just continue to better ourselves um, and to have that support system and that group, uh, you know, I think can be super helpful for a lot of people. I had uh, Stephen Campbell on here uh, a couple weeks ago who's committed to play at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about just even out on the golf course, like he finds himself, you know, golf is such a mental game. Uh, you spend a ton of time in your own head. And he said, you know, I find myself sometimes out on the golf course, just praying, just talking to God, just, you know, out there by myself, kind of in my own head. And uh, I thought that was pretty unique. I don't know if you have any, any similar experiences that way. Um, In terms of golf course, no, honestly, when I, when I start playing, I'm a little quirky. Um, Mm -hmm. Most people get caught up in their thoughts and 
my, my mind kind of goes blank for the most part, or I just pick a couple songs in my head and, and I'll sing them for four hours. I'm kind of weird like that, yeah. but, but that's, that's my way of doing it. Okay. Got any favorites? Uh, it's, it's whatever I wake up and listen to on the way to the golf course. Okay. It's a wide okay. variety of, of genres. <laughs> gotcha. Um, well, let's just kind of talk about, I mean, I know I've had some other people on from different colleges, but, um, talk a little bit about like your, your day to day and kind of the structure of Flagler. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's the, the, ba- the basic college of, you know, you get to pick your classes. Um, it took me a semester to figure out what days I want to have more classes. Um, because Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes are 50 minutes and you can move around from building to building. So it feels like it goes a lot faster. Whereas Tuesday, Thursdays are an hour 15 and sometimes you can be stuck in the same building or you can have class for an hour 15 and then a break for an hour and a half. And then another class for an hour 15, we can just feel like eternity. Um, yeah. But the day to day is um, usually we have Mondays off because that's when the golf course is, is closed. So we'll take Mondays off and then we're practicing the rest of the week. Um, and we've got a schedule of some days is a focus on short games. Some days we'll go to the course. Um, it just depends on, on the day and we'll do qualifying some days. Um, which is usually Saturday, Sunday, so we can play 18 holes. Um, and then okay. we do workouts at 6.45 in the morning on Tuesday, Thursdays. So, How has the, the college transition been for you? What are some things that maybe you didn't expect um, that you've had to kind of work through? Um, I, I figured um, with how many athletes there are that, that everybody would kind of just get to know each other, just being around campus, you know, like athletes are just, you know, that's a common group of people, but it's been kind of hard to, to meet all the other people. And, and there's so many international students, like our, our golf team is four kids from Argentina, one from Malaysia, one from uh, Norway, one from the Netherlands. So it's just, uh, it can be difficult to find the group of people that you just, comfortable talking to and i was surprised at how distant some of the athletes can be with each other okay <clears throat> why do you think that is um i don't know if it's just a, a culture here at flagler of just people just stick with who they know and that that's what it is if it's just a, a click type of culture or, um yeah or something else that I, I i can't find the answer to so hard to tell yeah how do you how do you break that mold i mean are you trying to you know, what types of things are you trying to just continue to build relationships with people and kind of expand that, that network? I mean, just going to, like I said, sporting events and going to club meetings and just trying to meet as many people as I can, you know, go up, introduce myself over and over, um, seeing them around campus, making sure I say hey to them. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of stuff that I've done my whole life of just like, I, I enjoy saying hi to people. It makes me feel good to put a smile on someone's face when you pass by. It's just making mm-hmm. sure I can find as many people to put smiles on their face as possible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's jump back and talk a little bit about uh, your relationship with your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about when I mean, you were a quarterback uh, playing football, your dad's a football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any pressures that came with that for you and, and your guy's relationship or maybe not even pressure that like he was putting on you, but maybe just like self pressure, I guess. Um, just in your own head a little bit about 
you know, excelling in a sport that your dad is super, um, you know, connected to. Yeah. So growing up in the little league, they've got the weight limit and I was always five or 10 pounds over. So I I was offensive line growing up the whole time and, and I hated it. Um, that probably affected my relationship with football a little bit. Um, yeah. And then finally seventh grade came around and I was able to play whatever position I wanted. And there was definitely along the way, there was definitely a pressure to play football. I've never been big on hitting people for whatever reason. It's just not, not me. It's, it's all my brother. He got all of the hit people as hard as you can. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there was a pressure and actually there was definitely direct pressure as eighth grade. Uh, I tried to quit football and I did cross country for two days until my dad found out Went <laughs> went back to football. And then actually I, I broke my ankle the first game of the year playing wide receiver. Oh, oh wow. So talk through that situation a little bit further. Um, what, what happened and, and kind of how did that impact your guys' relationship or, you know, how did you guys adjust going forward? Um, so I felt like I still had something to prove. Um, like I, I ended up, I was eighth grade was in a smaller school district. I transferred, this is in Indiana. I transferred to a bigger school district for better, sport competition and academics, better chances of finding a good school for college. So I transferred there in freshman year of high school. I I felt like I still had something to prove. So I was like, all right, wide receiver, maybe not it. So I went to quarterback, um, played, and, and then that, that football season, I, I wasn't injured at all. I was like, all right, this is a good step moving forward. Um, it, it didn't put any awkwardness between us at all. I mean, I don't hold anything against people. It's just a freak thing that happened. Um, yeah. eighth grade year so we can't do anything about that um but it definitely uh impacted my mind of all right i he need he wants me to play football and i still feel like i have something to prove i only played three quarters of a game so, yeah do you feel like that was a a good decision to keep playing yeah um yeah i would say so i mean the um the people i met that those two years of high school football and I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing better than a group of football players in a locker room of just, you can just be 100% you. You're just the, like, it's a, a big group of people. You can see them all on campus and then Friday nights come on and you're on the field and everybody enjoys seeing you on the field and playing. Um, so it was, yeah. it was definitely worth doing it. And I mean, the, the connections I'm, I have for football are above any any connection I'll ever have anywhere else yeah what um how did those other sports football basketball baseball how did those help you in golf um I'm it's work ethic for me I mean I remember um back in third fourth fifth grade of spending hours outside I'd just hook up a speaker outside play music on my phone or my I guess it was an iPod at that time uh, and then I, <laughs> you're that old. You had an yeah, iPod. I, well, I think we had one for the family, and I would just take it and play music. There you go. Um, so I, I would sit out there and shoot hoops by myself for hours. We had a couple good uh, neighbors that were about my age, and I'd, I'd walk over to their house and we'd play football and basketball for hours. So it was definitely the, uh, the, the work ethic more than anything of, of you know, like no one else is going to put in the work for me. I need to to make sure I enjoy the work first of all, and then to do as much as I can. Um, that, that was yeah. the biggest transition from those sports to golf. 
do you witness like you know you're obviously of a a, a younger generation um you know, there's a lot of talk sometimes about, you know, let's call it quote unquote millennials mm-hmm. um, and, you know, putting in the work or, you know, I hear a lot of parents sometimes say, oh, you know, back when I was younger and, you know, those types of things. Um, is there anything that you like, because I, I view you as somebody that, um, you know, has kind of put yourself out there and pushed yourself, um, you know, to continue to better yourself in a lot of different areas. I mean, what would, what kind of advice would you give to people that are out there just trying to find find their way and find you know something that they're passionate about younger people um and just chasing something that they can really have the discipline to stick with it um it's definitely starts off with you got to make sure it's something that you enjoy doing i mean there's a lot of as my dad says clutter with the internet and whatnot yeah. so there's there's a lot of distractions and People can tell you to do this, do that. And it's like, if you don't genuinely go out and find it, like golf, I kind of stumbled upon because of injuries and I found it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't go out and get into it and find it, then it's really hard for you to to truly believe on a subconscious level that, that you're doing this for you and this is the best alter this is the best option for you. Which can yeah. definitely it's like if if you don't love it, you're not gonna work for it. If you feel like you're doing it for somebody else, then those hard days, it's, it's hard to go out there and push yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, but that's a really tough thing to do, right. To Mm -hmm. find it. You say you stumbled upon it. I mean, you know, would you say that people need to go out there and just try a bunch of different things and and try to figure out what they gravitate more towards? Yeah. I'd say that's definitely the, the, the only option is go out there and I mean, it's, you got to go out with a group of people because if you like the culture that those people have, the, their, um, views on on what it is that you're doing then uh it can definitely help you to just be like all right i like where they are i want to be um where they are so that's definitely the only way is to get out there and just just try some stuff and to make sure yeah everybody's gonna have some bad days things it's it's not like golf you go from shooting 100 to shooting even par in two days you know it takes time um to really be passionate about it so it's just find something stick with it through all the the tough days and if it feels like it's more of a job then you may need to reevaluate it but as long as it's it's uh it's fun then it's it's definitely worth putting in the work yeah where do you think that parents come into the equation there i mean obviously um you know parents are providers for Mm -hmm. children and, and can create opportunities and different stuff like that but i mean in terms of just the whole um mental connection, uh, trying to encourage, uh, their kids to, you know, chase something that they're passionate about. I mean, just from your experiences and your relationships with your parents, um, you know, what do you think are some good things that, that parents can do to just kind of put opportunities out there for kids? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard for every sport, but I'd say to go out there and, and practice with them. Um, to go out there and, and take part because it's it's easy it's 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 not easy it's it's hard if if you're passionate about a sport and your your parents are just telling you to do stuff and you're like why why should I listen to you whereas if your parents are out there with you and they're they're practicing golf with you or they're playing catch with you and they're doing everything that you're doing then it's easy to be like all right well I see my parents my parents are willing to put in the work so I should be 
uh, appreciative of the opportunity and I should be putting in the work as well. Yeah. Is that something that, that you went through personally? Yeah. My dad, um, especially when we were younger was big on, um, playing catch, you know, like we'd, uh, play like tackle football kind of in the pool. So I was pretty fun. And then basketball, um, it was always, he was always involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a ton of other stuff that I want to go through with you, but I mean, just, you know, going down the path that you've gone multi-sport athlete, uh, moved around a bunch, um, you know, created an opportunity for yourself collegiately, you know, decided that you wanted to try to create a better opportunity. What kind of advice do you have for these young players that are coming up, um, you know, trying to make it, trying to figure out, where they want to go to school, how they want golf to play a role in their life, um, or sports in general. I mean, what, what can you say to that group of kids? Uh-huh. I would say, <clears throat> I'd say don't force it, you know, be yourself. I mean, there's going to be schools that, that don't fit you and you can't force yourself to, to fit to the culture of a school that doesn't align with you. You can't, yeah. you know, like with sports, I mean, you got to make sure that the team that you're joining, um, I mean, obviously sometimes in high school or when you're younger, when you move, you have no control over that, but just making sure that um, that you're the best you you can possibly be. And coaches will appreciate that. Coaches will see that. Um, your teammates will see that. Everybody will, will benefit positively because, because of your examples. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's definitely the theme um, and kind of one that, I, one that I wanted to, you know, hit on with you the most is just leading by example. Um, you know, it's tough to do sometimes when it's not, you know, the most popular decision uh, to put in the extra work or to, you know, go to the extra club meeting or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of put yourself out there. Um, you know, it's, it's not super easy, but I agree with you that, you know, if you can, you know, kind of muster up the the strength or the courage to do it, you know, there's a lot of reward on the back end, right? Yeah, it's definitely the hardest part, as they always say, is getting there. If you can yeah. put yourself, like they say it with working out and whatnot, the hardest part, if you can just step into the gym, then you're a hundred times more likely to work out than if you were just to sit at home. It's just making sure that you can put yourself out there and, and you'll, it'll take some time, especially with the social interaction and whatnot. Um, It takes time to develop, but you got to put yourself out there and and you'll benefit so much just, just from being there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I want to, I started this a few weeks ago, uh, kind of flipping the script a little bit and putting the ball back in the guest's court um, to just give the audience some more insight on me, um, you know, who I am and, you know, what I'm doing and those types of things. So I'm going to ask you to ask me a question. Um, What has been the single um, greatest lesson you've got from the mental um, books that you've been reading, the mental improvement books? What's the single greatest advice? Who? Um... I've read some good ones, but I I've, really what you just hit on is um, I'll just say it in like a concise phrase, which is do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, for those of you that don't know that are listening, I've been, you know, putting myself through a, a mental toughness um, challenge, which there's some physical components and, you know, just, um, a lot of simple stuff that I'm doing every single day in different phases um, that 
adding up and doing them all each every day just requires a lot of discipline. And that's the reason I started it. Cause I felt like I was getting a little bit lax in my discipline. So there have been a lot of situations where I didn't want to do something. Um, but I've kind of pushed back and, and leaned on just doing it anyway. So that's the biggest thing that I've, that I've really figured out. And you know, what that's taught me is that our bodies and our minds are capable of so much more than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned that a ton and I'm finishing up um, the book by David Goggins, mm-hmm. uh, which is called can't hurt me. So Goggins is a, uh, a retired Navy seal uh, who's got an unbelievable story. Uh, and I'd recommend the book to anybody it's called can't hurt me. Um, but you know, he's, he put himself in some situations um that he pushed himself so far and some of it's borderline, you know, crazy, Mm -hmm. but, but, um, the point is that, you know, I think we sell ourselves short a lot. And so, um, prior to starting this journey, I, I would try to like tell myself that I was going to do something different. Like I, well, the next time this situation comes up, I'm going to react this way. And what I started finding was it's, it's all well to say that, but you actually need to start practicing it. So what this program has done for me is it's put little steps in place to kind of help me build skills so that when I get to a difficult point, um, I've kind of trained myself to move past it. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. That's, that's a great way to go about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, I think that's, it's something that we can all do because, I mean, even in our conversation, we're talking about, you know, you just got to make the tough decision and make the commitment and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I found myself, I kept telling myself that, you know, I'll do it different the next time and, you know, whatever. And it just doesn't happen unless you, you know, put those things in place. So, um, yeah, the program's really worked a lot for me and I've got a couple phases left um, before I complete it. So I started it in September and I'll finish it in August. So it's a full year long cycle. Um, but I'd recommend it to anybody if they're just looking to kind of tighten up their discipline and, and push themselves physically and mentally. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, well, that's all I've got, brother. Awesome. I appreciate you, uh, invite me and give me this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on. I, I think that some of the information that we've shared and talked about is definitely going to help some people. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck in the spring season. How many tournaments do you guys have this this spring? Uh, so we've played one, and we have four left for the spring, including conference. Okay. Good deal. Well, I'll be keeping up with you. Let's stay in touch. Will do. All right, bud. I appreciate yeah, it. time. See you, man. All right. Bye. Well, guys, that wraps up episode 26 of Junior Golf Keys. I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Trey and I have developed a nice relationship, and uh, I just really appreciate having the opportunity to uh, get to know a lot of young players like Trey and watch them develop and watch them continue to grow in their careers and grow uh, just as young players and as young men and women. Uh, just really means a lot to me. So thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode. Hopefully you were able to pull away something uh, that's going to help you in your journey and in your junior golf career. Uh, Or if you're a parent, you know, help you in terms of uh, helping your child 
navigate their junior golf journey. So uh, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. As I always ask, uh, if you like this episode, please share it. Please leave a review. Um, Also, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we've got coming up. Uh, Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you for your attention. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.